0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there and welcome. My name is Gary Zimak. I'm going to be your host for the next 30 minutes. I have a seat reserved for you here, so I hope you can pull it up and relax as we hang out and look at the Mass readings for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Now, I have to be honest with you. You know me. I'm always honest with you. As I prayed to the Holy Spirit and read these readings for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, I struggled at first to get the theme. I always, I ask the Spirit. Sometimes the Spirit makes me read it over a few times. Here's the theme that I came up with, putting God first. I know we all say we do it. Let's take a look at what it means to put God first. And if you think you understand, I want you to know that you're going to be challenged by these readings because I thought I got it, and these readings are challenging. So I'm going to ask in a couple minutes when we say our prayers for the Spirit to really guide me so that we can hear him His message uh, through these readings. I want to make sure I get this right. This can be a challenging topic what does it mean to put God first? How do other people work into the whole putting God first thing? Does it mean that I can't let somebody interrupt me while I'm saying my prayers? You know, it's sometimes it's tricky. So we are going to talk about that. But again, it's great to be with you, and it's it's such an honor to be able to do this program every week. However you listen to it, whether you're listening to it uh, over the air. I'm grateful to the the numerous Catholic radio stations who stations who carry the program. Whether you're listening to the podcast, however you're listening, I am just glad that you and I can connect, sitting around the table, talking about these readings and letting the Lord speak to us. Because make no mistake about it, He's speaking to me too as I'm reading. I think it was last week. Um, I, I you know I always have an idea there. I don't have a script before me. I just look at the readings. I pray over them. And I just I began to talk, but I think it was last week. I don't remember if it was the second reading, but something the Holy Spirit took me in a completely different direction. And and after I was finished, after I said what I said, I thought, Wow, I didn't mean to say that, but I like that. So, God bless the Holy Spirit. God bless the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is God. I, I'm I'm thankful that. Uh, I, I think I should probably be quiet. and We should pray. What do you think? I am thankful that. The Lord does speak through me, and I really believe He does. And that's why I always ask for that help. I can't do it on my own. You see what I could do on my own before we prayed, right? So let's turn to Him and ask for that help. Let's remember that we are in the presence of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit right now. So let's turn to them and ask for their help as we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, thank you for thank you for putting up with me. I, I really appreciate you. Obviously, since you created me, you do have a sense of humor. I understand that, Father. I really want to thank you for being with us right now. I do not want to take your presence for granted, Father. I do not want to take my adoption for granted. You adopted me as your child when I was baptized, and I am grateful for that, Father. I'm sure we all are. Father, we thank you for your willingness to listen to us, your willingness to help us, the fact that you've taken care of all of our needs from the moment we were first conceived. We're very grateful for that, Father. I ask you to watch over each of us, our loved ones, our friends, our acquaintances. Please help us, Father, as we strive to do your will and make it home to you one day in heaven. That's what we try to do. That's what we're trying to accomplish, as you know, but we can't do it without your help. So we ask you to continue to give us the grace that we need to avoid committing any sins and to follow your will. Father, I ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit upon me. Please give me the words for this program. And please open all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear your words, hear your message and be willing to put it into practice in our own lives. Father God, I ask these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for praying with me. My name is Gary Zimak, and we're going to be hanging out for the next 20-some minutes as we look at the Mass readings for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Putting God First. What is that? What does that? What's that all about? What does it mean to put God first? We'll look at those readings. Before we do that, I just want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com, if you need to get in touch with me. If you need to find out about my work, if you want to pick up a copy of my latest book, When Your Days Are Dark, God Is Still Good. If you want to get a hold of my daily email, reflection. If you want to check up on my my daily 5-minute podcast for all things Gary Zimek, the place to go is followingthetruth.com. That's the place to go. Um so let's let's go let's go right into these readings now. These are the readings from the 13th Sunday in ordinary time. As I always do, I'm going to start with the gospel, and then we will work our way to the supporting documents. You know, that's the way it really works. The gospel drives these Sundays during ordinary, these Sunday readings during ordinary time. And then the church chooses a first reading and a responsorial psalm to match up and support the gospel. And then the second reading, much like the gospel, just proceeds along sequentially. And always the the challenge for me on this program, and that's why I depend on the Holy Spirit, and I, I, the Holy Spirit gave me an inspiration for this. The challenge for me is to fit the second reading into the theme, led by the gospel and supported by the first and the first reading and the responsorial psalm. So the second reading is not chosen specifically. We're talking about Sundays in ordinary time. The church doesn't specifically choose a second reading to match the other readings. It just proceeds along sequentially. So you're going to see this week as we look at the second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, we're just working our way through the book of Romans. But I think we can always find some sort of common ground there because all of Scripture is interconnected. I can't do it, but that's why I asked the Holy Spirit to give me some ideas. So with that in mind, let's take a look at these readings now. The theme, Putting God First, the Gospel, Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 through 42. And one of the things I like about this this particular gospel passage is with the exception of the one, two, three, four, first five words, everything you hear comes directly from the mouth of Jesus. These are direct quotes taken from him. Jesus said to his apostles, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, if I stopped right there with this gospel, it's a tough gospel, by the way. You know, even, even if we stop there, it's, it is a tough message, but it's understandable and I think it's relatively apparent to see how the putting God first message is contained in that first section of uh, today's Gospel. God's got to come first. And and the Lord Jesus, remember He and the Father are one, so when you see, if you want to get to know the Father, the best thing to do is to look and listen to Jesus. Look at what He did, listen to what He said, and fortunately we have the Gospels to give us the important details and sayings of, of Jesus, right? Details of his life and important things that he said. It's not everything, but it's what the Holy Spirit feels we should know. If you want to know the Father, watch Jesus. Listen to Jesus. That's the best way. And then, of course, you can go back into the Old Testament and look at how God led his people, how he interacted with his people. But remember, Revelation to the people of God, was progressive, and it was gradual. So Jesus is the ultimate revelation of the Father. And when Jesus said, if you look at me, you have seen the Father. So we need to look at everything God did in the Old Testament with our Jesus goggles on, if you want to call it that. We have to look at, we can't just take an isolated piece of the Old Testament and say, well, this is God the Father, because honestly, What does it sound like when you just look at the Old Testament? God sounds mean, doesn't he? But if you look at Jesus and the mercy and the compassion which he shows in the New Testament, we see a different image of the Father. God is love. God is mercy. And that's what Jesus came to tell us. So if you're going to look at the God of the Old Testament, make sure you're very familiar with how Jesus spoke, what he did. Because that's how you're going to get the most accurate image of the Father. Okay, so Jesus is essentially saying, I have to come first. If it's a choice between me and somebody else, I have to come first. Pretty easy to understand, right? Now it gets a little little trickier, the second part of this gospel. Jesus goes on to say, whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. "...whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward." So it almost sounds like these two parts of the gospel are a little bit contradictory. First, Jesus is saying, I've got to come first. Other people, they have to come second. And then Jesus talks about receiving another person. And when you do that, you receive me. Well, which is it? Is it the other people or the Lord? And I think I think what we need to remember and what the Holy Spirit, I think, is is telling me to, is, is giving me through this is that, Yeah, we're called to love other people, but we're called to love them, to love God in them, if you want to say that. You know, Jesus does not suffer on the face of the earth right now. Jesus is perfectly happy in heaven. But while he was here, while he was here on this earth, he did suffer. And it was possible for somebody to ease his suffering. 2,000 years ago, it was possible for somebody to give him a drink of water to. To, to help him to bathe his wounds or to wipe his face or something like that or give him a place to sleep. I mean, it was possible to literally comfort Jesus. But now he's not walking the faces of the earth. He's here with us. He's present spiritually. He's present in a real way in the Eucharist. But we can't necessarily comfort him. But what we can do is comfort Jesus in the suffering. his suffering Brothers and sisters, and members of the church. So, in a sense, when I give a cup of cold water to someone who is thirsty, or comfort them in their affliction, or sit with them, if I have the intention of doing it out of, out of love for Jesus, then I am fulfilling that first part of his instruction that I read. He is coming first. When I'm loving somebody else for the sake of Jesus or loving Jesus in that person. So I I really believe that the important thing to remember is that it's a mindset. It's a decision. It's an act of the will to choose to comfort Jesus and to love Jesus through other people. And there are going to be times when we will have to make that choice. I always give the example, when it's a tough one, when your spouse or a good friend says, why don't you skip Mass this week? Let's go away. I need a vacation. We can pray out on the beach or something. In that case, the Lord's got to come first. And you have to say, no, that's wrong. You know, for the most part, this works out okay. And we can love God by loving other people. But when it comes to a choice, when you got to make a choice, either loving God or loving another person and not loving God, right? Because that's a, that's a case in point where we could be doing something that would not be loving God by doing something with another person. In that case, the Lord has to come first and that's that's sometimes that's not all that easy private prayer time very important you got to have it every day we re, we really do We'd, our our faith would just wither and and die if we did not spend time in prayer every day but if you got a sick child or your spouse needs you or a neighbor is in a desperate situation the lord expects you to give up the prayer time and go out there and help somebody But the only way you're going to figure that out is by having a close relationship with God and being able to be praying frequently and asking the Holy Spirit to help you. You know, I ask the Holy Spirit all the time, help me, let me know what to do. But ordinarily, as Christians, we can love God by loving other people. And in a sense, we are putting Him first. Not in a sense, we are putting Him first. Let's look at the first reading from the second book of kings beginning in chapter 4 verse 8 one day elisha came to shunam where there was a woman of influence who urged him to dine with her afterward whenever he passed by he used to he used to stop there to dine so she said to her husband i know that elisha is a holy man of god since he visits us often let us arrange a little room on the roof and furnish it for him with a bed table chair and lamp so that when he comes to us, he can stay there. Sometime later, Alicia arrived and stayed in the room overnight. Later, Alicia asked, Can something be done for her? His servant Gehazi answered, Yes, she has no son, and her husband is getting on in years. Alicia said, Call her. When the woman had been called and stood at the door, Alicia promised, This time next year, you will be fondling a baby son. So, here in this first reading, we see an example of somebody doing something for God by being kind to another person. It was done because of love of God. Um, The woman in this reading, in this first reading, told her husband that the prophet Elisha is a holy man of God. So she's loving him out of love for God and as a result we can see She gets her reward at the end. Now, you're not always going to get your reward in this life. This is just an illustration. Our reward for loving God and loving others, for the most part, is going to be experienced in heaven. That's the fullest expression of the reward that we get for following the commandments, doing, doing what the Lord wants us to do. We don't always get... It's not always like a quid pro quo. If I do this for you, then I'm going to get this in return. It, it's not that, that cut and dry. It's not that simple. It's not that automatic. A lot of times the reward might be invisible, and it might be delayed. So we can't expect, well, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get something out of it in return. And, and that's a case where you're not doing it for the right reason. But I think that first reading is a good illustration of what we heard in the gospel. I'm going to love this person, not because they're lovable. Not because I feel like loving them, but I'm going to love them because God wants me to love them. He wants me to see him in them. And that's when it gets challenging. That's when it gets very challenging because oftentimes we don't want to love the unlovable. But as Christians, that's what we're called to do. The responsorial Psalm is Psalm 89. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. The promises of the Lord I will sing forever. Through all generations, my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, my kindness is established forever. In heaven, you have confirmed your faithfulness. Now, we see here a reference to the faithfulness of the promises of God. What Jesus is basically saying, we see it in the gospel, is if you do this, if you live your life, life this way, you will receive your reward in heaven. So, God is faithful. You can take that to the bank. That's legitimate. That's, he's not going to change his mind on that. And as a result, we can sing the goodness of the Lord because he is faithful, because he is good. Blessed the people who know the joyful shout. In the light of your countenance, O Lord, they walk. At your name they rejoice all the day, and through your justice they are exalted. You are the splendor of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. For to the Lord belongs our shield, and to the Holy One of Israel our King. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. God is good. We can always count on God being good. He's true to His Word. He's not going to let us down. He is always good. Let's look at this uh, second reading. Romans chapter six, St. Paul's letter to the Romans chapter six, and it begins at verse three. Brothers and sisters, are you unaware that we who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And I want to stop it at that that first question and highlight something I may have mentioned earlier, the fact that when we are baptized, we not only become members of the church, it sounds cold to say we become members of the church. More importantly, we do become members of the church, but since the church is the mystical, the mysterious, supernatural body of Christ, we become a new creation incorporated into the, the relationship of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're in the midst of this relationship in the Trinity, in the person of Jesus, we are grafted into Jesus through our baptism. So you and me, if we've been baptized, we are part of Jesus. Not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. And, and when Paul makes that comment here, you know, it, it, it really helps us to see that when we treat someone else nicely, kindly, especially someone else who is a baptized Christian. It doesn't mean we don't, you know, know, it doesn't mean we don't treat non-baptized Christians nicely. We've got to be kind to everybody. But by serving a fellow member of the body of Christ, what are we doing? We are serving Jesus. You did it for me, Jesus said, when you took care of the, the weakest of my brothers and sisters. And that's what we need to remember. Seeing Christ, loving Christ, having mercy on the suffering Christ, living in the world today in so many different people. That's all putting God first, as we were told to do in the gospel. Paul continues, We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. Now that life, that eternal life begins in this world, and it continues on after we die. And hopefully, if we follow the Lord, co- cooperate with the grace that he gives us, live a life that pleases God, we're going to end up in heaven. And that eternal life will shift from this world to the next life in heaven. And, and that's going to last forever. Do I fully understand that? No way. The concept of, of forever is hard for me to understand with my limited human intellect. Now, through faith, we can understand it. We might not be able to comprehend it, but we can at least understand the concept of eternal life. But until you're living in heaven, you're not going to fully understand it. But that's why we walk by faith, as Paul says. We're given the gift of faith so that we can believe. You don't have to feel it to believe it. Very important. You don't have to feel it to believe it. If then, Paul says, we have died with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him. Again, we don't have to feel it. We believe it. There's a difference there. That's a choice. Through faith we can believe that we shall live with Christ one day in heaven. We know that Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has power over him. Remember I said that Jesus no longer suffers in this life so in order to Hel- in order to have mercy on him, in order to ease his pain, we do that by helping others who are suffering. You see how that works? Because as members of the body of Christ, when anyone suffers, if I suffer, Jesus in effect suffers through me as part of his body. I know it's a, it's a little deep, but it's it's a, it's a really powerful concept, even if you can just grasp it a little bit like I do. I mean, I don't fully understand it; don't even come close, but it's a really neat concept. As to his death, Jesus, he died to sin once and for all. As to his life, he lives for God. Consequently, you too must think of yourselves as dead to sin and living for God in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. So remember I said we are incorporated, we are uh, grafted, if, if you, I'm trying to find the right word, into Jesus as part of the church. So you and me, through our baptism, we're part of Christ now. And we're called to be Jesus in the world. And to love the Father as Jesus loves the Father. That's pretty neat stuff. And to love other people to the extent that we can. To help them, to alleviate their burdens. And by doing that, we're doing exactly what Jesus said when he said to love me more than your earthly father or mother. You know, it's not, it really isn't a choice for the most part. But, you know, it's its its hard to sometimes explain these divine concepts using limited earthly language. But when you love your earthly father and mother, you're loving them you're loving Jesus in them as opposed to just loving them for 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 themselves and you know again I don't want to make I don't want to diminish the the worth of anybody by saying that it's it's a complicated topic but you're loving them because Jesus is telling you to love me by loving others if that makes any sense I'm, I'm glad we're running out of time before I dig myself a deeper hole but you you see this is not an easy thing to explain because I don't want to say that, well, if you love any earthly person, you're ignoring their good qualities or you're ignoring who they are. You're just loving Jesus. in them. No, Jesus created people with unique uh, personalities and attributes and some very wonderful and special gifts and talents and qualities. So we don't want to just look at them like pieces of flesh and say, well, I don't care about this person. I'm just loving Jesus in them. I think... When it really comes to light, when it when it really kicks in, is when you don't feel like loving somebody, when you don't feel like helping your wife do the dishes, when you don't feel like waking up in the middle of the night to take care of your sick child, when you don't feel like taking care of the needs of your elderly parent, when you don't feel like having patience with the coworker. that's when the love of Jesus, loving Jesus in that person has to come first. And you say, well, I'm going to choose to do it anyway out of love for God, out of love for Jesus in other people, you know, but so just remember that love, we, we are called to put God first. And that means sometimes choosing to love those we don't want to love. It really comes down to the simple message. I hope I didn't confuse you today. I I really did enjoy spending this time with you. You know, if you have any questions, you can always email me at at com. Please don't forget for more information about my work or maybe to make a donation. Summer's a tough month for those of us who speak for a living. So I'd greatly appreciate any financial contributions you could send my way. You can do that securely by going to followingthetruth.com and clicking on donate. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm praying for you. Have a wonderful week and go out there and love God by loving other people. Amen. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.